This is the Edisto TV podcast, connecting the Blackwater region. Welcome to another episode of the Edisto TV podcast. This is episode 30. I'm Hugo. And I'm Tom. And big news this week, the announcement made on Tuesday the 7th that two years in a row now, American Rivers has included the Edisto River on its most endangered rivers list. 2015 focused on the threat to the Edisto created by the ag registration process contained in our South Carolina surface water withdrawal law, same as it was last year. Uh, There are a couple of differences this year. We've moved to number five on the list, which isn't that great since it's how endangered you are that gets you on the list. And uh, it's this year's listing is for the entire Edisto system, where last year only the South Fork was listed. And one other slight difference, this year Edisto TV, a partner with American Rivers on this listing. And Tom, I know you were uh, crucial to getting us involved with the American Rivers folks on that. Can you talk a bit about the partners involved and how that came to pass? Yeah, um, they had several partners. I don't think I can list them all, but I know conservation voters, some folks from uh, Edisto Island, I think it was the preservation. Friends of the Edisto was involved. Friends of the Edisto. So a number of groups were involved. And 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 if we've forgotten anybody, please don't take it personally. (laughs) They are listed. Yeah, but we're, um, so yeah, it was a, a honor, I guess, to be part of it and uh, to help them prepare all the materials and so forth and uh, use our expertise on the subject matter and uh, help get the message out. Yeah, and it is critical to point out here that, you know, the Edisto is drawing the focus by being on the list, but this threat that the existing law creates, that's a threat to every river in South Carolina. So here on the Edisto TV podcast, you know, we're focused on our Blackwater gem there. But this is something that everybody in South Carolina needs to be concerned with. Yes, absolutely. Um, So one of the things that we can do through the uh, American River site is uh, we've got links to their action page. So uh, if you go follow the links, go to American Rivers and go out to the Edisto page, the most endangered, um, they've got a little form there that let you you fill it out and it'll actually send a message to your legislators. And so... um, you know, it, every bit counts. So that's what, something you can do. People are always asking us, what can I do? Well, here's something you can do. Go to the American Rivers page, go to the Edisto page, and fill out that form. Absolutely. And to make it easy for you, we're going to put that link in the show notes. So you can just click the link in the show notes where you find the show and go directly to the Edisto page at American Rivers. Um, one other thing I will mention is it would be great if you went and clicked the link and took action and sent the form letter that already exists Uh, that gadget that they have on their website lets you personalize your letter and customize your letter and say exactly what you think about this issue. So if you're going to do it and you have a couple of extra minutes, you know, we'd love for you to customize that letter. If your best option there is just to go ahead and, you know, join the chorus of voices, we appreciate anything y'all can do. Yeah, absolutely. I customize mine because um, I, I know my legislators and, you know, just kind of, hey, so-and-so, how, you know, j- just wanted to let you know this is still important to me, <laughs> you know. So uh, I don't think they can get too many. I think, you know, any anything we do, keeping it in their forefront of their minds is going to help to affect what they do over the next 60 days. Yeah, one thing I will say, and it's kind of inside baseball, but last year we got really great response to the listing. They got a lot of signatures and sort of submissions on the action thing that they had last year when the South Fork was listed. But apparently because of the way that the 
American Rivers, Most Endangered Rivers listing works, a lot of the response they got wasn't from South Carolina. It was from people who love the Edisto but are elsewhere in the country. So I'm not saying that outside interest in the issue isn't helpful. I think it, you know, holds our legislators to a standard, but we would really love for if you're in South Carolina, you care about the Edisto or any of the rivers in South Carolina, take action. Let your legislators know that you're here and you care about this. That's right. And in addition to that, I'm going to go ahead and transition to upcoming event next week, uh, which is Lobby Day. And so if you really want to do something, uh, come meet us at the Capitol building in Columbia uh, around 11 o'clock next Tuesday, the 14th. And they've actually devoted this day to River Lobby Day. And so if you care about rivers, uh, be there. Be there to, to let people know. So this is kind of our opportunity to really let folks know uh, how much we care about our rivers and how uh, how bothered we are by having uh, the Edisto, for example, as, as a most endangered river. Shouldn't yeah. be happening. And, and one of the things that we also get asked a lot is, well, who, who can fix this problem? The people who can fix this problem are our legislators. And when you're in the lobby of the state capitol there, that's who you're going to be in front of, and that's who you're going to be addressing about this issue. Right. So I, I've never done a lobby day, but from what I understand is that we'll literally be in the lobby, and you give them they'll, – they'll be notified in advance, the legislators that were out in the lobby, and we can send notes in basically and say, I want my representative to come out here and talk to me, and they'll come out, and we have an opportunity to uh, give, give them our story and, uh, and convince them. So we would love to see – you know, dozens of people there or hundreds of people there, you know, people representing multiple districts, not just the folks on the Edisto, but the whole state. So uh, anything, anybody you can get, bring with you, um, this is a really good opportunity. That's April 14th, Tuesday, 11 a.m. No, it's in the middle of the day, but if there's one day you're going to cut work, or cut school, this will be the day. So and come on, join us. If you're looking for more information on the lobby day, there will be information in the show notes. There will also be information on the Edisto TV and Edisto Concerns, uh, the Edisto TV website and the Edisto Concerns Facebook page. Absolutely. And South Carolina Rivers Forever. All right. So um, following up, I'm going to circle back now to the listing of the Edisto for the second straight year on the American Rivers Most Endangered Rivers list. We followed up on that announcement of uh, this year's listing by talking to Garrett Yobsis of the American Rivers office over in Columbia. Now, Garrett's been on the podcast before, but this seemed like a good opportunity to ask him back. We're going to have that interview coming up. But first of all, What's new? Uh, Tom, how was the Sportsman's Classic last weekend? It was really good. Uh, great opportunity to get in front of a lot of farmers, uh, or, well, hunters and fishermen primarily is, is what we were uh, focusing on. But the people at the Palmetto Sportsman Classic, we talked to hundreds of people. They came by. Of course, everybody loves the swamp buggy. I'm pretty sure Doug got numerous offers uh, from people who wanted to take that thing home. But uh, – Mostly just got the word out. A lot of people kind of knew about the issue. They heard about the potato farm. A lot of people thought everything's resolved, not realizing that we're still in a threatening situation. And um, so a lot of people got really fired up. I had several people saying, you know, give me the brochure, and I'm going to call my legislator Monday morning. So um, hopefully the word's getting out little by little, one by one. Yeah, and I will say, I mean, it it was um, put on by DNR, but one of the key sponsors from it was Farm Bureau. Farm Bureau did a wonderful job with that. They do a they do a service by by being involved in things like that. And absolutely, and we, hope they didn't just, mind us being there. Yeah, we just wish they'd get right on the surface water issue, <laughs> and we right. could all be friends again. That's right, exactly. 
All right. So that's the Sportsman's Classic Report. I, I did drop by there for a little while on Saturday. Y'all were doing an excellent job. It was nice to see uh, Rosie and Larry Price there, who were on our last podcast. They were there with their books and uh, talking to people about the Edisto as well. I know Rosie it, was doing a lot of outreach. Yeah, they were there Friday and Saturday. It was really nice to have them. It's always good just to know there's other people out there that are passionate about our rivers. And um, Speaking we'll, of which, Bill Stangler, a Congaree Riverkeeper, was out right. there a bit. Garrett Yobsis was out there a bit. I think I saw Ben Gregg of the Wildlife Federation. Yep, Rebecca. And you were there a lot more than me. Rebecca, I think Benton Wislinski was out there as well. Yep, so there was a bunch of people uh, helped out. And uh, help get the word out. And I think a lot of this is going to be person-to-person, one-on-one, until everybody understands what's going on here. All right. So moving on to other things that are on the calendar of events, Friends of the Edisto Smoke on the Water event is coming up on Sunday, April 19th. So this podcast will go up on Friday the 10th. So it'll be the weekend after this podcast comes up. Not the following weekend, but the weekend after on Sunday, April 19th. That event's upstream from Whetstone's Crossroads, where Highway 21 crosses the Edisto River. It is on a beautiful piece of private property. It's free to Fred members, uh, $10 to join if you're not a member already. Um, And once you're in, there's food, music, fun for all ages. So come to the event, get you signed up. And uh, Tom, you were there last year. It was very good, but I got even better news, which is... That Jerry Bell our, and our friends down at the Bamberg Chamber of Commerce are going to have a paddle trip. And that means you can go to Zigzag Landing and uh, meet a shuttle. They'll carry you down or follow you down and carry you back. And uh, you'll be able to paddle down to smoke on the water. Get out and eat some barbecue and have something cold to drink and, and your car will be sitting there. So great service once again from those folks. They said they got at least 10 people going. I think you're number 11. So uh, looking like a pretty good crowd. If you like to paddle with other people, that would be a great opportunity. Yeah, I am planning on going down and taking part in that paddle. Thought I might take a few pictures for the website and so forth. Um, And if folks do want information on that, I think we'll have a link on the show notes where they can go to find out a bit more about it. Um, Because they are going to be setting shuttle between Zigzag and the downstream landing, uh, it is going to be helpful for them to know how many people are coming. So you do need to uh, let Jerry know to expect you uh, so that all the logistics works out since they're kind enough to take care of that. That's right. And then also just while we're mentioning that, uh, those paddle trips are starting up for the summer and the dates are on Edisto TV. I'll make sure there's a link in the show notes, but there'll be at least once a month a trip down there in Bamberg. Yep, and I sure enjoyed the one we did last year. I'm planning on enjoying the one on the 19th, and uh, we look forward to seeing some of y'all out there this summer on the river. May May 23rd is the first one. Perfect. Thank you very much. Okay, and uh, what is new online, Tom? Well, the biggest thing, obviously, is the most endangered river thing. So that's gotten a lot of um, a lot of people sharing, uh, not too much comments. Most people kind of, you know, most of the people that are, on the Edisto Concerns page especially, they kind of know the issue. Yeah, um, we've, we've been getting a lot of press coverage of the Most Endangered Rivers announcement. And so to the extent that we can keep up with them, we're trying to link those on the various pages and Facebook pages and websites and stuff. So if you all want to see how the issue is being treated by the press, uh, both regionally and, and nationally, we're, we're trying to give you a, a good assortment of, of what press coverage yeah, is. Yeah, but not gotten. bombard you with 10 articles that are almost identical. You exactly. Know, there, there, but but there's, there's a few uh, different ones, and then there's some follow-up articles and things, so I'm sure there'll be more out there. But um, also, of course, South Carolina Rivers Forever, um, if you haven't gone out there and, and liked that Facebook page and checked out some of the videos and stuff, uh, we encourage people to do that. And um, 
But yeah, also the Gus Speth, uh, who we had on a few weeks back, we got to talk to, who is a world kind of environmental leader who's from Orangeburg. Uh, he had, he wrote a letter to the editor of the Charleston is it Post and Courier. I believe it is the Post and Courier. And, um, and that was really good, just telling leaders that, hey, you need to take care of our rivers. And so that was really good. And um, and then the last thing I wanted to mention that got a lot of uh, traffic was the uh, – I call it Skyway, the S-C-I-W-A-Y, Skyway. Uh, they got an Edisto River page that I came across, and I posted a link to it. It's really good, just a super uh, nice description of the Edisto. Yep, and uh, one other thing we will mention that is new online, and that is the new site for Friends of the Edisto. Uh, they rolled it out on April Fool's Day with uh, a great new look, and we think that it will probably provide a bit better ability to find things uh, fairly yes. predictably online. And I, I think we can uh, tell people that we were very heavily involved in, in the development of the site, and we would appreciate any feedback that you have. We want to make it better and uh, continue to improve uh, Friends of the Edisto website. And and we are also uh, on the Friends of the Edisto website doing Five Minutes, which is uh, another podcast product, which is just five minutes of somebody with an interesting viewpoint relating to the Edisto. Uh, yeah, so if you get too much Tom and Hugo in this podcast and you want a abbreviated version of someone else, you can do a five-minute podcast uh, on the Friends of the Edisto site. And uh, so uh, Five Minutes with Fred, I, I think it's great what you've done so far. Well, we're looking forward to doing more of that. And speaking of you want to hear somebody besides us talk, let's swing into that interview with uh, Garrett Yobsis of American Rivers. He is their Southeast Regional Director based out of Columbia, South Carolina. And uh, would you like to say anything about our interview with him? Nope. Okay, we're going to jump right into it then. We started out by asking Garrett to introduce himself. Yeah, my name is Garrett Yobsis. I'm the Southeast Regional Director for American Rivers. I've spent most of my time working in the Carolinas and Tennessee on um, restoring and protecting those rivers. Um, I live in Columbia, South Carolina. I've been um, involved with rivers in some way or another, it seems like, all my life. Your announcement of the Edisto is one of the worst, uh, one of the most endangered rivers has, is now public. Can you go ahead and just tell us uh, the background, uh, why, why Edisto's on that list uh, again for the second time? Absolutely, yeah. We we listed the uh, the Edisto River, and and a big difference from last year's listing is that we we listed the entire Edisto River this time. In 2014, we just listed the South Fork because of the large agricultural withdrawal that was um, going into, in place at the time, uh, the Walter Farm. But um, but we've done more analysis and a better understanding, and now understand it's not just that the South Fork, but all the Edison River that's that's threatened by these large agricultural water withdrawals. There's an analysis that the Department of Natural Resource did based on the uh, agricultural water withdrawal data that, that uh, DHEC has, uh, and it showed that the Edisto is the most heavily used river in South Carolina for agricultural water withdrawals. Uh, and the other thing it shows is that they're currently using only about half the water they're actually allowed to use. So we haven't even seen the full brunt of the effects of the agricultural water withdrawal. So a combination of a better understanding of of that the entire river is threatened uh, and the scale of water withdrawals within the Edisto River Basin and the fact that um, the Department of Agriculture uh, and the South Carolina Farm Bureau and others are very actively promoting 
more industrial scale out of state agribusinesses to come to South Carolina and promoting the fact that we have water. Um, that is the second reason that we we list this, and actually that it's got a higher um, higher ranking on the endangered list this time around because um, we understand that there's even more of a threat than we perceived uh, last year, even more as far as the the extent of the threat uh, ge geographically and also the fact that we have an active uh, state program trying to withdraw more water from the Edisto River and other rivers like it. One of the differences between the 2014 listing, last year's listing of the South Fork of the Edisto, and this year's listing of the entire Edisto is our recognition that the full extent of the river is being affected by these water withdrawals. Most of the water withdrawals happen on the North Fork and the South Fork of the Edisto, but they, those effects are felt all the way down the river. Uh, one of the most amazing things about the Edisto River is that it's the heart of the Ace Basin, which is a large estuary uh, complex that's in the lower part of the state, um, in the low country part of the state. Uh, but the reason that's such a special area is because it, it's being fed by the waters that come from the up the uplands that that comes from further upriver, and if we don't do a good job protecting the water in the headwaters in the North Fork and the South Fork and in other parts of the Edisto upstream of the Ace Basin, the Ace Basin itself is going to suffer. It requires that proper mix of fresh water and salt water um, to to give us the the great um, environmental and uh, high quality. Um, conditions that we have uh, in that that magnificent area. So we, we need to be um, looking at this issue broadly. It's not just the point at which the water is being taken out, but the effects of those multiple withdrawals um, are felt throughout the entire system all the way down to the coast. If you go to the American Rivers website and go to our Most Endangered Rivers page, which should be pretty obvious, um, you'll see the Edisto River listed there, along with all the other rivers in the country that are on our most endangered rivers list. We have an action alert that's associated with the with the Edisto River, um, and what it calls for is um, the, the solution that we have for the, the problems on the Edisto and other rivers that suffer from excessive agricultural water withdrawal is a bill that has been introduced by State Representative James Smith. Um, that would do away with the special treatment that, agri that large agriculture gets um, from withdrawing water, uh, for withdrawing water from our rivers. Um, the municipal water users, those that supply water for drinking water, and industrial water users for manufacturing or other purposes, they're required to get a permit that that requires public uh, an information about the proposed withdrawal. It requires a more consistent and uh, detailed review of the materials um, by DHEC and by the Department of Natural Resources. Um, and it also, very importantly, gives them a permit that has regulatory requirements on them, such as that they cut back on withdrawals during low flow periods and that they come up with a contingency plan on how they're going to supply their water during these low flow periods. So what that petition that we that we have on our website calls for is it asks for people to contact their state legislators, House members in particular, 
and get them to support um, House Bill 3564, which is Representative Smith's bill, uh, that would um, treat these large-scale uh, agricultural businesses the same way as other large water withdrawals are, are treated. One thing, one thing I want to add is that you know we in no way are against agriculture and this listing of the of the Edisto as the most endangered river, and the call for um, the state to pass uh, statewide legislation. I'm sorry, the legislature to pass statewide legislation that would regulate um, agricultural water withdrawals is not because of any animosity we have towards farmers or the farming industry, but the reason we do this is because there is a, a very weak part in our law that gives agriculture special privileges. Um, we totally support sustainable agriculture in the state. We, we are for new farmers coming in, whether they are in-state or out-of-state, but we have to have a, a way that we can manage our water so that all the water users, those existing farmers, the industry, uh, the municipalities, as well as the new farmers that come in, that they have a reliable water supply that will be there when they need it and they understand the limits of that water supply. We should not be um, selling our water wholesale to out-of-state interests that are going to be using the same amount of water as a, uh, a medium-sized city um, without having this, those proper safeguards in place. So. What we want to do is for the state to come up with a plan on how it's going to manage its water so that we can attract the kind of uh, agriculture that the state wants uh, and provide jobs and food for people in the state. I think the Farm Bureau's response is that they still need more science. They need more studies and stuff. Can you explain why, why we don't need more studies? Well, as I understand what the Farm Bureau is saying is that um, – is about a it's about a state water assessment that the Department of Natural Resources, the Department of Health Environmental Control, and some of their consultants are doing. Uh, that's important work that's being done. Um, but one thing that that's either misunderstood or or that the Farm Bureau is misleading people on is that that this is going to somehow give us an answer about how we need to better manage our water in the state. All that process that, that is going on now, the assessment process is doing, is going to give us an accounting of how much water we have. There's no requirement in that process to come up with any recommendations on how we should change um, water management in the state, and there's certainly no authority within that, uh, within that assessment to require any changes for our water management in the state. So it's a bit misleading. Um, it, to say that there's some answer that's coming based on studies that are underway right now. Um, there, again, this is an accounting of the water. It's going to tell us how much there is, but it's not in any way going to change the regulations or help us manage our water withdrawals, especially those from large agriculture, in any different way. We think that our action alerts are an effective way of uh, of people getting in touch with their elected officials to let them know about the need for taking action, such as supporting Representative Smith's bill. Um, we had last year in the Most Endangered Rivers listing, we had over 2,500 um, petitions go to um, people within the legislature and, and state government. So sometimes that can be a little overwhelming. Um, 
the, it is very effective, though, to also follow that up with phone calls or ask for in-person meetings. That's the most effective thing to do is to send the action alert and then contact your representatives individually and ask them to support um, Representative Smith's bill, 835-64, or when they're home, when they're in your area, to go meet with them um, and talk to them about your interest in the Edisto River and other rivers in the state and the importance of making sure there's going to be adequate water supply for everybody, including for um, healthy fish and wildlife and for people who want to use the river for recreation. We've been talking about a lobby day for specifically for rivers on the 14th. Can you talk about that at all and what, what you think we can accomplish uh, on a day like that? Yes. Yeah, so another thing that we have that's um, important uh, as, as far as getting this legislation passed is for people to to show their elected officials that this is an important issue to them. Uh, American Rivers and our Most Endangered Rivers partners, which include the Friends of the Edisto River, the Edisto Island Preservation Trust, the South Carolina Conservation Voters, and Edisto TV are organizing a, uh, a river lobby day on April 14th. It will be at the uh, at the State House um, on it's a Tuesday, and it's a really effective way of communicating with the elected officials uh, about the importance of this legislation. Um, lobbying means that you go literally to the lobby of the of the State House and call out your legislator. Uh, to, into the into the lobby so you can talk to them about the uh, the the issue that's in front of them and ask for their vote. Um, that one-on-one -on -one connection is very important um, to to get legislators to understand um, the importance of issues and to get them to actually follow through and vote. So we do encourage people to be on the lookout for more information about the River Lobby Day that will be uh, start being uh, disseminated within the next several days. So we really appreciate Garrett Yubsis of American Rivers taking time to talk to us on the event of the listing of the entire Edisto River as number five on the 2015 list of most endangered rivers uh, released by the American Rivers Organization on April 7th. Uh, Tom, anything to say about just what Garrett said? thank you to American Rivers for existing and for doing what they do. I just uh, another shout-out uh, to another group that's just you know slow and steady trying to do the right thing and protect our rivers people take these things for granted i know i did for many years and um it's critical that we have clean water in our rivers and, and plenty of it okay and um as we head towards the closing of this week's episode of the podcast i will mention that we are going to have a bit more american rivers contact in an upcoming episode we uh had a great interview yesterday with one of their water efficiency experts and uh, water efficiency, of course, is kind of like a hidden reservoir. It's a way of making better use and, and more efficient use of the water that we already have rather than having to pump new water. So we'll talk to Jenny in an upcoming episode. Uh, we also talked to Carol Bass down on Edisto Island about a book project she has coming up in support of rivers in South Carolina. So those will be coming up in future episodes of the Edisto TV podcast. Now that's it for episode 30. And uh, thank you, Tom. Thank you, Hugo. And we will be back with a brand new episode in two weeks, episode 31. That is going to post on April 24th. So thank you again for listening. This is the Edisto TV podcast, produced by Edisto TV, connecting the Blackwater region.